Hello and welcome to a Waypoint Church podcast by Mark Madavan. We hope you enjoy listening to it. At the beginning of the year, we launched our motto text of Isaiah 43 verse 19, which is, see, I'm doing a new thing. I'm going to be honest here. I was not expecting this to be the new thing. I don't think any of us were, but God is still in control. And uh, what we're going to be doing together is something new. And we're going to continue to develop that and work out how to do church together still. When we first decided that we are, well, we first, we knew that we had to cancel our gatherings together. We had a lot of discussion about, well, do we do a normal church service? Some churches are doing that. On the platform, there's a band and someone standing with sermons and it's an empty congregation, but you're filmed and you're producing live. We, we pondered about that, but we thought actually what we're going to do is we're going to record uh, messages like I'm going to be sharing in a few moments time. And uh, we also want to encourage people to, to worship. We're going to give you some uh, playlists for you to, to link there and to encourage everyone to, to worship and to pause with that. We're also going to be giving some material for families to do on, on a separate video and resources. And we thought we'll do that every Sunday. We'll produce this. And it turned out to be the right decision because just about two or three days ago, two of our worship leaders have had to been have to self-isolate. So if we planned on doing a big thing, um, it would have been stopped anyway. So here we are. And what we're going to be doing is, like I said, we're going to be looking at God's word over the next coming weeks. Um, there'll be other people on the sofa, maybe with me or other speakers. Uh, we'll be encouraging people to worship and to focus in different ways. Um, but our heart is that we might together, although we're separate, is that together we might look at God's word and connect with him to worship and give him uh, glory and praise together. Um, but also to connect with one another. So what God is saying and what you're hearing is to, to connect uh, with other people because it's so important that we keep connecting, especially as we're told we need to keep our distance. We need to know that we need to be people who connect. But let us begin this morning by praying. So let's just pray. Father, we thank you that you are still God. We thank you that despite all of the uncertainties around us, is that you do not change. Father, I pray as we begin to, to gather in new ways, electronically and watching videos, I pray that by the power of your spirit, that you will still touch people's lives. You might touch my life, that we may unpack your word and hear new things and that we will grow as a result of, of all that we do together. So Father, fill this time, I pray. Amen. Today, uh, at Sunday, it's also uh, Mother's Day. Uh, and Mother's Day is a great day to stop and give thanks to, to mothers who so often work just tirelessly in helping families and, and, and bringing things together, especially with schools now closed and, and more kids around the house, uh, parents are gonna have to be doing more. And especially mothers, it's really good to stop and give thanks for mothers. But I also know that Mother Sunday is, is a bit of a difficult day for many folks because it's also a time where if there's a strained relationship with your mother, it sort of is brought to the forefront of, of our thoughts and, and some regrets and sorrows um, are stirred by Mother's Day. Uh, other folks, they find Mother's Day is a very sad time because they're, they're grieving their loss of their mother and they miss that great relationship that they once had. And, and for still others is dealing with the, 
the reality that they want to be mothers, but for a number of reasons they can't. So, so Mothering Sunday is a, is a strange Sunday with a real mixture. It's important to stop and give thanks, but it's also important to stop and to, to pray for families and pray for people who are wrestling with other things. So I, I want to do something that I'm sure many of you wish you could do on a normal Sunday, is I'm going to ask you to press pause on the video. So you're going to shut me up for a couple of moments, and I want you to press pause, and then for you to pray. If you're by yourself, to pray out loud. If you're in, in, a, in a little group of two or three people as a family, to pray out loud. To, to thank God for mothers, to pray for, for families around, and pray that, that the healing hand of God and the, the grace of God may be really known in families and on mothers today. So press pause and pray. Father, we thank you that you created family. I thank you that, that you have put us in relationship. Father, I thank you for families and the, the joys and the sorrows that together they, you use them to, to help develop us. Father, this Mother Sunday, we especially thank you for mothers, those who just sacrificially serve in so many ways. Father, we also pray for families right now that are, are having to juggle so many new pressures and, and so much unknown. I want to pray for your grace and wisdom. I pray that families won't just support mums today, but through these coming days and weeks and months, that, that we may be a family unit together and helping. Father, for those who are, are struggling because of sorrow and, and grief and just hardship, and, and today's a tough day for them, I pray that your presence may be known really closely to them, that your grace will be sufficient. Father, we bless you for the good things that you put into our lives, and we bring to you those tough things. And I thank you that you care for all of them. Amen. If you've been with us uh, this term, you'll know that we've been looking through the book of Ephesians uh, and been unpacking that. Um, we should have been coming to the end of that. There's a couple more uh, sermons on the book of Ephesians, but we're going to just press a pause on this. We'll, we'll pick it up again in a, a few weeks' time when things settle down a little bit. What I want to do this morning is to, to specifically focus in and speak into the situation which we all find ourselves in. You'll know that the, the coronavirus is a pandemic that, is, that has swept our world and it is causing so much uncertainty and unrest uh, with almost daily uh, restrictions being placed in and uh, people panic buying and, and, and just worrying about their distancing and being told to keep their distance and, and being suspicious about every new person you bump into and, and then finding yourself having to self-isolate. And there's so much so much fear. It's almost that fear is the currency in our present climate. And, and we're told that it's going to get worse. Uh, at the moment, you know, schools have closed and you go to work if you have to. But soon it's saying, if you follow the, the, the trend of other countries, is it's going to be you stay at home and only go out on emergencies. I want to speak into that situation. Now, I'm not an expert and I don't know how it's all going to unfold. But I believe that, that God wants to say something because we are a people of faith. We have faith in Jesus. And, and the Bible tells us that when we follow Jesus, it, it impacts the way that we think. 
In Romans 12, it says to, to be transformed or renewed in your minds by Christ. Don't get squeezed into the world, the world's mold. You know, our world is surrounded by fear and uncertainty, and yet we're called to think a little bit differently. Jesus says in John 17, he says, you know, I am not of this world and neither are you. If you are a follower of Jesus, we come under another kingdom. And I want to explore, well, what does that mean? What does it mean to be a person of faith surrounded by a culture where, where that fear is, is the currency and so much uncertainty? And I, I want to share three God truths with you. The, the first God truth is this, is that, is that we are called to be a people of faith and not of fear. So we're called to be a people of faith and not of fear. You know, Jesus is, is really clear on, on saying that, that we are to live differently. In John 14, Jesus was comforting his disciples and they were worried about the future and what was going to happen. Uh, of Jesus was saying he was going to depart and, and they were so uncertain. And Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. As you trust in God, also trust in me. And then Jesus says a little bit later, I think uh, verse 27 in chapter 14 of John, he says, my peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Now, I don't give to you as the world gives. So do not let your heart be troubled. Do not be afraid. Jesus is not saying, ignore all medical advice, ignore the isolation, ignore washing hands, you know, just have faith and everything will be fine. He's not saying that. He's actually saying something much, much deeper. He's saying that in this time of uncertainty is what I want you guys to hold on to. What I want to gift to you is my peace, is my peace that, that goes beyond understanding, my peace that, that isn't dependent on circumstances, my peace that is solid and firm. You see, this coronavirus has taken many of us by surprise. I was chatting with someone just the other day and we're going back in January, January we had no idea we would be here. And, and now we're sort of all surprised and panicking. You know, God was not surprised. God was not busy doing stuff and go, oh, where, where did that come from? This did not catch him by surprise. This peace that he gives us, that if we put our faith in Jesus, the peace that he gives us is one that's, that says it's in a God who does not change. It's in a God who is good. It is a God, a God who says, I will be with you. I will not forsake you. I am with you. And this is the peace that Jesus wanted his followers to grasp. In a culture of uncertainty, he says that God has not changed. And he is with us. Now, as a church, we've experienced this. Remember with the build project we've been doing over the last 10 years, there have been many a time when we're going, this challenge is just too much. There's no way that we can raise 4 million, 5 million. The bill kept going up. And yet through this time, we're faithful, but God kept saying, but I'm with you, but I'm with you. And as our faith wasn't in our bank account. Our faith wasn't in someone coming and giving a million pound check. We're still open to that, by the way. Our faith was in God who says, but I'm with you. Personally, I, I know that piece as well is of the journey, Kathy and I, of our, our life and, and with my eyesight, with my blindness, there, there have been many occasions when it just feels overwhelming. How am I going to cope? 
How do we deal with this? And I still have those questions, but that peace of God is something that, that just goes beyond this. It's saying, but you can trust in me. I have been faithful in the past and I'll be faithful in the future. See, we are called to be a people of faith, not of fear. In the book of Timothy, Paul writes that, that God did not give us a spirit of fear and timidity, but a, fear, but a spirit of power, of love and self-discipline. God says, I want to come close to you so you may know my power. You may know my love and you may know self-discipline. The self-discipline, part of that is to go, I know that God gives me peace and I will believe that. I know that I'm called to be a person of faith and I will believe that. You see, scripture says we're to live by faith, not by sight. So not to be, to be pulled and live by everything that's happening around us. But to say my faith in who God is, that's the, the foundation. That's what I build my life on. We're called to be a people who live by faith, not by fear. The second truth is this, is that we're called to be people who live sacrificially and not selfishly. That we live sacrificially and not selfishly. In Philippians 2, it says, uh, do not be selfish. In fact, be humble. Consider others better than yourself. Don't just think of your own needs, but think of the needs of others. In the early church, uh, the first century, the, when, when the Holy Spirit came and many were saved and they were, they were working out what does it mean to live together, they were under incredible um, persecution. You know, the same people who arrested and killed Jesus were, were after them and they wanted to suppress and put incredible pressure on them. This early church knew just fear all around them. Uh, but we don't see them rushing to downtown Jerusalem Tesco's and stocking up on toilet roll. We, we don't see that happening. What we see happening is, well, in Acts 2, it says what they did is they had, they, they devoted themselves to the apostle teaching, to meeting together, to the fellowship, to breaking bread, and to prayer. So it also, they had everything in common, and those with things sold so that those without could be provided for. Is instead of being selfish and, and, and stockpile all your things up, is their heart was, how do we love? How do we give? How do we serve? And, and this is what, what we are called to be, is a people who actually look out and love. You know, the greatest commandment, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So don't stockpile for ourselves, is we're called to be a people who sacrifice. You know, what generosity and giving is at the very heart of God. And in this present climate, we have an incredible opportunity to be people who are generous, people who, who give, people who can sacrificially make a difference. We're seeing this already. You'll, you'll know of the, I hope you'll know of the, the help line that we're trying to put out into our community. And we had a phone call just a couple of days ago of a family that says, look, my kids are coming home. All of their homework is supposed to be online. We don't have a home computer. Can you help? Now, to be honest, we're going, we don't know how we can help. But shortly after, I think almost within the hour, another email came in and someone said, I've got a couple of spare smartphones. Would anybody in the community value having them? We link them up together and this family can now actually do their homework online. I'm sure the kids are rejoicing, but actually 
we are rejoicing because when there's a need and God provides, something beautiful happens. See, when we live sacrificially instead of selfishly, something incredible happens. Back to the first century church. Besides uh, having everything in common and sharing sacrificially, the verse goes on a little bit more and it says, daily they met in the temple and in each other's homes uh, with gladness of heart. They, They were happy. Now, I know that we're not allowed to gather in the temple, in church, big gatherings, nor small gatherings, because we need to um, keep isolated for stopping germ spread. So what does this verse have to say? Instead of focusing on the meeting together, I want to just highlight that daily. Is they daily connected with one another and connected with God? You know, I think what's really, really important in this time is that we daily make sure that we're connecting with God and connecting with other people. How you might do that, I've sent out an email to the church, it's on our webpage as well, is is use the phone, text people, use WhatsApp, use technology, send pigeons out if you have them. Uh, Basically, it's really important to connect with one another, but it's also important that we daily connect with God. Now, how does this fit into sacrifice? It's because this isn't a time where you can just sit back and go, woe is me, or sit back and just say, let's get Netflix and, 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 cushion my nest so everything's fine. Sacrifice is saying, God, how do I take up my cross? How do I say, Jesus, I want to put you first. What do you say? What are you saying? Reaching out to to others in our community, others in our church family to say, how can I help you? How can I think of you more than myself? As it says in Philippians 2. For when we do that, see, when we live by faith and not by fear, when we live a life of sacrifice and not of selfishness. This is what it means to be a people who live by faith. Thirdly and lastly, is that we are called to be a people who who share the light of Jesus and not hide it. That we shine the light of Jesus and not hide it. In Matthew 5, uh, verse 14 to 16, uh, Jesus says that you are the light of the world. Just as a city on a hill cannot hide its light, Neither does a person light a lamp and then put a cover over it. He says, instead, let your light shine so that, it's really fascinating, have a check in this verse, chapter 5, verses 14 to 16, let your light shine so that people can see your good works and give glory to the Father. You see, part of shining isn't just spending time with God and worshiping, which is really important in that up up relationship nor just staying connected with those, our family around us, but making sure that we sacrificially shine to those around us, to our neighbors, to our community and beyond. Because as we do this, as we grab hold of this, what we're doing is we are displaying something different. Instead of a currency of fear, what we are showing is that we are a beacon of hope. We are saying there's a hope there. There's a difference that can be made in Jesus you find peace. In Jesus, you find something more. When we let our life light shine, the Jesus with us shineth, it makes a difference. Um, as a church, we want our building, although we can't meet in it, is we want it to be a, a, a hub of hope. We launched just a few days ago uh, a web uh, email address of help at waypointchurch.org.uk and a phone number as well. We've leafleted our whole area, community around us. We put it on on our Facebook and on one of the local Facebook uh, um, pages for people to connect with. We're encouraging you as small groups and you as Christians to link it, uh, to 
distribute leaflets around your area to say, look, can we shine? Can we bring help? Two, two things is, is if you need help, please contact us. Or if you want to be a person who helps others, please contact us. And we want to be that linking, that place of hope. And we are already so thankful for people who've responded, that person who sent in those smartphones and linking there. Some people are, are dropping off food and, and different things that are going to help with people. We're doing two specific things. Well, we want to help with shopping and help with picking up prescriptions and some practical things. Obviously, only people who aren't showing signs of, of the virus, we, we're checking with that. But we also want to give little bits of hope. We'll have bags of hope. We're going to have boredom bags for those who are self-isolating with some things in them. And we want to just to, to bless our community, those who are self-isolating, so loneliness doesn't grab hold of them. And we're also going to put some food bags together uh, for, for some of the most vulnerable in our community. We are privileged to be linked with St. John's School, uh, and we are connected with, with many of the families who are on the uh, on the lower end uh, of the income strain and they, they need um, help with food and stuff is we, we have the privilege of already linking with many. We're chatting a lot with the school and we'll have further links. We are specifically targeting those who, who just need help. We want to target them. We want to help them. We want to give packs out to them and we, we want to make a difference. So thank you for those who've helped already and thank you for those who are asking for help because when we connect up, the light of God shines and God gets glorified. We have the opportunity to be a beacon of hope as a church, but also people, because a church is you know, it's not about a building, it's about us. We can be people of hope in our neighborhood, with our neighbors, and also in our community through this corporate thing as a church. I, I want to encourage you to, to be a person of hope in your words and in your actions. On the little slip we're sending to our community, it's how can we help with shopping and things. It's also, can we pray for you? Often that's a really powerful thing because what it does is it brings the power of heaven into our everyday moments. In my experience, very, very few people don't want you to pray with them. In fact, I don't think I've ever had someone say, no, you cannot pray. You know, we're not, just pray for God's grace on them, God's blessing on them, to stand with them. We are called to be a people who, who are not part of the world's mold of fear. What we are called to be is a people of faith, a people of sacrifice, a, a light to the world. See, because we are not of this world. We are of the kingdom of God. It's interesting, if you do a, a little quick uh, word search throughout Scripture on the word not, you know, because we're not of this world, we're of the kingdom of God, uh, there's some really interesting phrases that come up. At the birth of Jesus, the angel says, do not be afraid because I have good news for you. When Jesus came, he said, I did not come for the rich and the healthy. I came for the poor and the needy and those who need forgiveness. We are called as followers of Jesus, uh, not to live by bread alone, but to live by every word that proceeds from God, from the word of God. We're called not to store up treasures on earth, but to store up treasures in heaven. We're called to not worry about tomorrow, for today has enough worries of its own. We're called to, to live by faith and not by sight. We're called to be people who, who understand that our battle is not against flesh and blood, 
but principalities and powers uh, of this world, the forces that are trying to pull people away from God. We're called to live in a way that says, Jesus, I want you to be glorified. The Bible says, do not let your heart be anxious, but in prayer and petition to bring your prayers and requests to God, whether they're big or they're small, to do that. The early church, there's an incredible phrase. It says, when they're told to stop sharing Jesus, they said, we cannot stop telling what God has done, how God has changed us, how God loves us, how God has forgiven us, how God has given us a purpose. I, I want us to be a people like that. You know, this virus is, is spreading very fast. My prayer is that the love of Jesus, the truth of Jesus, the hope of Jesus might spread faster because of us, because of our conversations, because of our actions. See, what does it mean to be people of faith? It means that we don't allow fear to be our driver, is we allow Jesus and what he says, his peace to be our foundation is that we don't do selfishness. What's in it for me? And I need to grab and raid Tesco's. It's saying, I want to be sacrificial as how can I help others more than myself? And about being a, a light, beacons of hope, personally, as families, as a small group, as you electronically connect as a church. You see, for we are not of this world. We are of the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Father, first of all, I want to thank you that you are a God who brings peace. Father, I want to pray for people right now who are listening and, and, and are thinking, I don't have that peace. Fear is the dominant thing. And I'm just worried in the news and things. Father, I want to pray supernaturally right now that you may just allow your peace to rest, not, not just on them, but in them. Supernaturally, God, right now, I just pray that the peace of Jesus might be known. Father, I pray that you will also release us to be sacrificial in the way that we handle what we have, in the way that we respond to our neighbors and our community, that we may be generous of heart, that we may be blessed as we give. I pray that we may not grow weary of doing good, but that we may be a light shining so that more may see you, Jesus, and give glory to the Father. Father, be with us at this time. Help us to connect with you, connect with one another, and connect with those beyond our walls. Amen. Thanks for listening. I, I hope something has been helpful. I want to encourage you to, to follow one of the worship links or maybe put on a CD of some worship music uh, that, that connects uh, your heart with God and, and spend some time just pausing and, and worshiping God. Spend some time maybe reading God's Word or audio Bible. There's loads of resources. Every sermon we've ever preached um, is, is, is available on our website. Well, for the last 18 months, I think. Other churches are, get some resources, keep connecting with God, keep worshiping God, giving to God. But also when you connect with other people, what has God said and done? 
What is, where is, do you think that I could do with some prayer? Ring up someone right now in your small group, part of our church, and just say, I've just heard this, or God's stirring in my heart, and pray. Say, God, this is what God has done. Let's make sure that we continue to, to grow. And my prayer is that we'll see more of the kingdom of God in this next season than any of us would have expected. God bless. See you again.